One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast, a show where we bring you the best clips from our Red Men Plus content from the last week or so. So yeah, say it every time, but yeah, if you want to watch or listen to these entire shows in full over on redmenplus.com, do go and check that out. It's really, really awesome. It really is. And as the season is vastly approaching very, very quickly, get yourselves involved now. If you sign up today, get yourselves involved for the entire season and come on hopefully a successful journey with Liverpool, fingers crossed, and Jürgen and the Mighty Reds along with us, and we'll have a good old time together. Right then, let's get into it. First clip of the day comes from the Bias Transfer Podcast. That is the show where we take a little look, take our Liverpool glasses off a little bit and have a little look what's happening around the world of European football. It was Paul Machen, Dan Club, and Sam Walker in for this one. So yeah, take it away, guys. Chelsea mentioned the name just then, uh, and Kunku and Jackson have Look the business in pre-season so far, which I think they'll be encouraged by. A team, that, another team that needed goals um, added to that side. They've potentially got it looks like Alex uh, De Sassi coming in from Monaco as a centre half. Um, there's a 19-year-old midfielder coming from Rennes, which the last I read was they're not sure whether they're going to loan him back out yeah. or not yet. They're still chasing Caicedo, but you know, 80 million's been getting knocked back for him at this mm-hmm. point. Just seeing it, the highlights from the the win over Fulham in pre-season, when you've got Nkunku there, you've got Jackson, Sterling has almost become the forgotten man. But what a what a player he is! Yeah, if they can Mujic, get into yeah. a decent level, you know, but who knows about Mudrick? I think he's a bit of a he's a bit of a myth, isn't he? But you know, who knows? But they you got a Chukwu maker as well from mm-hmm. Aston Villa. Seems like he's finding his finding his feet. There's a there's a team there. Potter's a good manager. He's got brilliant footballers. He should be able to mould that into something, but it's that unknown factor, isn't it, Sam? Of they've still got tons of footballers. He potted it last week. It's like it, he said, I, I, "We've there's been a good spirit in the camp." He took like thirty odd with them to America. He said, "There's a good spirit, but that's not going to last yeah. because eventually you're going to be picking match day squads, and there's lads who are going to be nowhere near it." Well, yeah, they've got one game a week, and look, the cups are relentless. You know, when you're having a bad year, you get bad draws. If they get a Villa away, even Liverpool or City or United, their League Cup campaign could be over in September, October. That's the challenge that they've got. If they had a small squad, if they had got rid of the players they've got rid of and just kept what they had, you'd have actually said, you know what, they can really get into this league season with, you know, a, a 17, 18 man core and, you know, push, push to get back in the top four, you know, have a have a, a title win. And didn't they win the league when they had no Europe under Conte? Is that right? Or yeah, maybe it was like ninth year before. Yeah, and yeah. they just went on it because they had one game a week and it was you know, great for them. But I do feel like so much change. The starting lineup from the end of last year has been, you know, 
decimated. Mount, I know he was out the side, but Gallagher, Kovacic, Kante, gone. Loftus-Cheek, gone. He was starting games. Havertz. You know, Havertz, gone. <laughs> um, he was trying to be well suffering for them. The Adziek looks like he's gone. I don't know what's actually happening with him. Yeah, Pulisic, got, there, Pulisic yeah. gone. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, defence, um, Koulibaly's gone. Fafana's injured. Who else? Thiago Silva, is he still there? He's still he? there, yeah. Uh, Aspilicueta, gone. Kepper benched. Mendy gone. Mm. Like, it's a lot of change. You're talking 60-65% of their, t- of their first 11's gone. They've literally got Chilwell James, Thiago Silva, Raheem Sterling. The rest of them, the whole midfield that was playing games, actually, Jorginho in January, gone. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot that, of change. The, the Kante thing, I know he hasn't, he's barely played, but obviously... When he was know, back, he played, he, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so Kovacic, <laughs> clash with him. Yeah, I know, yeah. Kovacic, yeah, again, really good footballer and it's been, you know, been, been great for them. It's right, you're right, there's a, there's a bunch of things moving on. It being a new manager with it's probably no bad thing because, again, yeah. it's a fresh set of eyes, isn't it? And it's you a new get team, to kind of, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. And he gets to be a bit like, here's the ones I want, so's everyone else. Although, what happens when one of those lads or two of those lads who are on the out are the ones who are on the fucking eight-year contracts? Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> going to be... The, that's another thing that's a little ticking time bomb that's going on um, under the underneath the surface with them as well. But it's mad. I'm just looking back, looking, looking across their squad here. Like, they've got... Obviously, they've still got Kepper. I mean, the fact that Kepper's their main... They've, they've, they've been playing some young lad, haven't they? They've got they've got a few here. They've got G- Gabriel Slanina. Some, uh, I think he's the one who's been playing. They've got Benelli still. I mean, they've doubled down on Kepper. I know I know. Mendy had a bit of a bad time, but I, I would stand by. He was the third best goalie in the league when he was... You yeah. Know, but uh, when we yeah. played them in that League Cup... Final, Unreal. outrageous, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the FA Cup final, by the way. And, and I know they've got injuries. To, obviously, Wesley Fafana's got another injury, which is, means they've, they've been a bit short defensively. But I just go through the list: Fafana, Baddy Shield again, they signed him last last season for yeah. big money. Levi Colwell, Trevor Chalabar, Malang Sar. I don't know whether they've loaned him yeah. out. Um, Thiago Silva's there. They've got a million left backs now. You know, they've got too many left backs. Still got Chilwell and, and, and Cucurella. Um, Lewis Hall, they're looking to, he's a young player that used to be quite highly regarded. They need to do something with him. Enzo Fernandez, Conor Gallagher, Chucky Mechas mentioned, Cassidy, definitely. I heard him, but Cassidy, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, Sterling, Mudzik, Hudson, and Doyle, they want rid of him, they got rid of him, but they yeah, want rid of him. him yeah. Um, Achim Ziyech has mentioned, and Kunku, Lukaku, I mean, Lukaku's still a. That's mad. <laughs> That's weird. He's going to He's going to have to bite the bullet. And he's he's got a man. They've got Brozier as well. You know, yeah. he's, he's now mm. a year on from that loan at Southampton. Southampton yeah. You know, he, he had just... a big injury didn't he last year. Yeah. He's ACL, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a good player, yeah. by the way. Monday, I think he's going to go yeah. though, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Mad though, um, yeah. So they're, they're an unknown quantity. There's enough. There's enough quality there that if he can just manage to ring fence what he wants and then keep out all the ones that you yeah. know, it might cause a bit of disharmony. I would. I would. I think they'll be. I think they'll be back to challenging. I don't know. Though. Top Challenger four. what? Top, top four. four, yeah, maybe. That, that to me feels like the exact polar opposite of what Monsieur Pochettino wants to do. Like, remember when he had Southampton, he had it all, he had his people. And he, you're right, he can do that, of course he can, but he hasn't done it yet. Yeah. And we're two weeks away from the start of the season that we were bemoaning the fact earlier on that we're not quite sure who our six is going to be. They've got a lot more problems yeah. than that. Like, not sure they're one, two, three, four, exactly, five, six, and yeah. seven. 100%, <laughs> yeah. And so when you sort of put it in perspective, you mentioned context earlier, in terms of context, this actually gives us a good positive 
positive light. But for me, it feels like, and this is why Pochettino to Chelsea was never a fit that made any sense to me in their current plight because he doesn't work like that. No. That's not him. He's not that type of manager. He's not that cutthroat Mourinho Conte style. He's a very likes to work with youth, likes to sort of develop and build a project, and he he can't do that at Chelsea to me. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. We'll quickly move on. Uh, Spurs because yeah, I think again that's going to be Chelsea in the next month between now and the end of the transfer window are going to be very very interesting they just has yeah. to be you know they're either going to be sat on a bunch of unregistered footballers mm. <laughs> um, who, who value whose value evaporates and then that'll mean January becomes like a you know there's just loads of players move whether they can hold their resolve on keeping all the players to try and maintain value will be interesting because even if they, you know, they've got reasonable value so far yeah. but they, they spent they spent a billion pounds you know they, that's a huge deficit to claw back Anyway, Tottenham, um, <laughs> the Everton of the South, um, <laughs> their owner is currently being indicted on insider trading yeah, charges in that. the US, um, <laughs> which is just wild. Um, still no Harry Kane sale. Um, Looks like there's been a bit more news flew today. today, haven't they? They flew to Germany today, um, representatives to it talk. Looks like, uh, it looks like, yeah, there's an acceptance now, doesn't it? Yeah. It's going to happen. Because that's, that's a big one, isn't it, really? You know, that just... You need to make a decision on it. You know, you need to crack on. You know, if you if you're getting divorced, eventually <laughs> you need to go and get a somewhere to live, and you need to decide where the kids are going. It's not a comfortable conversation. The future's going to be hard, yeah. but the sooner you can get on with that, the, the more everyone can then start to get on with their lives. Mm. And Kane being drawn out, I just it does look like, and maybe this is like United actually just pulling the trigger on Hoyland is that they were maybe he was maybe holding out for because we go back to we've been saying it for weeks Kane wanted to be the Premier League top goal scorer but no fucker in the Premier League wants to buy Harry Kane so it's now stick with Tottenham or go to Bayern Munich also from Kane's perspective like we're not dealing with Man United of 1995 to or 1992 to 2010 now we're dealing with Man United now going to Man United with Man City in this league with Jürgen Klopp with, with Arsenal coming up doesn't win you anything. Last year they won a they won a League Cup and they had the best draw ever. Mm. And you know, fair play they beat Newcastle in the final, but that doesn't happen two, three years running. So him staying at Spurs, they could have a fantastic draw in the cup and, and get to the final. You know, they were yeah. in the final two years ago, weren't they three years ago? So moving to United, he can get the same money at Spurs. But I actually don't think there's I think I think yeah, United are more likely to qualify for the Champions League, but I don't actually think there's that much more chance of them winning the trophy. With United the Spurs, so when you break it down, if you're going for trophies, it's got to be Bayern Munich because yeah. you guarantee two. Yeah, but I wonder <laughs> and why. Then maybe three, and then maybe four. I agree. Yeah, you know, I, I think he'll go and uh, accumulate some silverware. Hey, do that for a year or two, and then come yeah, back to England, back maybe the world's change. Yeah. But the, it's the thing of again, why why have Spurs dug in for so long on this? And the thing is, Bayern Munich are quite wealthy, but they're not wealthy the yeah. way that Premier League clubs yeah. are. They're, they're going to spend money that Chelsea have spent or United yeah. have spent or City or whatever. And again, I just wonder whether they were just secretly hoping there was going to be another bid for Harry's sake and for their, and for their own coffers. And now it's a bit like, oh, well, nothing's happening. Yeah. We might as well mm. just make this make this move. There's an interesting quote from Antonio Postacoglu who says, um, at the moment, in terms of ins and outs, there are no certainties hitting my desk. Um, it's just the football world. I've been in it a long time. I wish it could be like my wife with Amazon, where we get deliveries every day. Uh, but I can't put one in and get it the next day, unfortunately. It's just the way of football world, so there's no frustration. Just keep working hard to try and get it done. I love that. I love the fact that like he's just let slip his frustration that every 
time he turns up, there's another fucking Amazon <laughs> box uh, on his. On That's his Chelsea, then, isn't it? Yeah. Open this. Oh, another shirt. Uh, number yeah. seventy-five. Yeah. Signed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they've got Madison, haven't they? The goalkeeper yeah. they signed. Um, anybody else? They've signed Kulishevsky and Romero. And they've on. been playing Richarlison centre. Oh yeah, centre forwards. Yeah. Um, Richie, I yeah. Kane goes there. I mean, they've, they've then got a month to reinvest that money. It'll be mm-hmm. 80 million quid in Ben a hole in the No bottom. Europe, am I right? Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's kind right. of also probably what you could almost go one in, one out there, then couldn't you? You could go and throw your budget at Ollie Watkins or uh, someone of that ilk. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You know, Test Newcastle's resolved with Wilson. Mm. You know, it would be interesting if someone as a punter, even Tony. Yeah, well, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. you know, when's out till the new year? I think so. But yeah. there might, there, yeah. there could well be an appeals process that drops that. It's happened before, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, but that thing of like good fit, his value is the lowest it's going to get. Yeah. I think yeah. right now, good shout. And you know, yeah, you compromise yeah. now for Pierce season yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. yeah, it, it, the the other thing about then about waiting is if if Man United are spending seventy two million pound on Rasmus Hoyland, it does it does say as much as we're kind of mocking it a little bit. That that's who the next best of that type of centre forward is on the market at the moment. Mm-hmm. So who are Spurs getting? You know what are they? You know you mentioned like Ollie Watkins sounds, but does he? Is he? He's not. He's not Harry Kane replacement. No, he's is he? He's a pretty different type of type of footballer. Do, they, do they end up with like Ferguson Lukaku maybe or, or, or Lukaku? Know, but yeah. the thing is with the Brighton Ferguson and the Watkins show there is both of them clubs have been better places yeah. than Tottenham. Right but now. it's that whole. Do you look at it this year? Or do you think, well, actually, in the next four or five years, Spurs are more likely to be playing in a well, higher do level? Do those clubs have go-kart and tracks under yeah. the stadiums? Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's it, isn't it? Project-wise, though, I think both Watkins and Evan Ferguson will be quite content. Certainly Watkins, given the way we've Yeah, Ferguson's a good shout, though, because Brighton ceiling's there, we know. And that. that's what Brighton do. That's the whole... The yeah. whole we don't really know what Villa's model is. He's got, he's he's got a, he had injuries last year, didn't he? He's got, yeah. He needs a full season in before he's... They'll... they'll it's like just holding on to a, a, a you know something a collector's edition or something. Give it another mm. year. Just let just let it accrue mm. a bit more value, and that's when you could, you have the yeah. conversation with Vicks. And he'll be he'll be in no rush to move. The old spares would have been all over Dybala, <laughs> and yeah. the new spares it could be over Kudos. That'd be a good shout. Mm. Could, yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, we're just throwing well-known names. There could yeah. be an, an upper, an, another Hoyland type around. Thanks to Paul and to Dan and to Sam for that one. Right then, moving on, we had transfer insight with the Telegraph's Chris Bascom. Chris Bascom has been reporting on Liverpool for a long, long time. Real voice of authority when it comes to the Reds. He knows what he's talking about. He's got the contacts and all that kind of stuff. And Dan Club got him on the phone to talk about Liverpool's transfer window so far. I was going to ask you, but you kind of touched upon it there. But obviously recouped a lot of the money we spent on both Fabinho and Henderson. So I think respectively the fees are are decent, especially given where they're at in their careers and what they did last year. Obviously it's 40 million and 12 million um, for the pair of them. So interesting, but how we spend that money is obviously the next pivotal stage now. And the Romeo Lavia situation is clearly the one that everyone's talking about. They've Liverpool have yeah. clearly identified him as the player that they want to get. And you've reported that previously they were 50 million apart on their valuations of the player. And you've also said that there's going to be an improved second bid coming for Lavia. Where are we at in terms of that now? Well, I think as we, as we were just literally before I was starting to speak, the second bid has gone in. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure when the second bid went in, but, it, you know, I kind of, um, myself and Paul Joyce wrote yesterday, um, that it was imminent. We, we were kind of like that could have been yesterday. It could have been this morning. That we don't don't particularly know when, but I think that it's now been reported that elsewhere that the second bid has gone in, and I've had you know, that 
that is that is true. That story, anyway. Put it that way. And um, so, no, really, what the what Southampton's response will be because the second bid isn't fifty million quid. So you'd have to presume if Southampton are going to be um, sticking to fifty million, that's going to go on a bit longer, and perhaps Liverpool are just going to have to draw the line and say, look, you don't think he's worth that money. And you think somebody else is worth that money? You you, you go and get the other alternatives. Um, probably seem a bit strange to take it as far as this, uh, and not sort of pursue it any further. But we just have to wait and see. I mean, we're getting pretty close to start of the season now, and still no real dedicated number six available going into that first game against Chelsea. So it is decision time, one way or the other, whether it's going to be him or it's going to be somebody else. Yeah, one hundred percent it is. And Jurgen Klopp was speaking earlier about sort of it's sort of a, a worst kept secret that we are looking at options. We are trying to bring somebody in for that number six role. And he also spoke about Curtis Jones potentially doing it, which I think was interesting, maybe in the short term. Because obviously, as we know, the season starts before the window closes, so something may drag on beyond that Chelsea game, as you mentioned. But just on the Lavia thing, there, Liverpool are clearly kind of sticking to our guns in terms of what we feel the valuation of the player is, and we, we do that a lot, and we're perfectly within our rights to do so, as our Southampton in terms of their valuation of course so with the Southampton one there's a lot of talk about add-ons and stuff like that do you think Southampton would they be willing potentially to accept sort of a 45 plus add-ons or do they want flat 50 are you aware of that I, I honestly do not know I mean I think you know usually with these things somebody puts a valuation on somebody then comes with a few counter offers I mean Liverpool were putting a 20 million pound valuation on Jordan Henderson not so long ago they ended up taking 12 so you know obviously a lot of these things are you know, negotiation positions, aren't they? I mean, maybe Southampton are just determined to stick to the 50 million, in which case you have to just make a decision, don't you? And it just it could just be that there are other players out there who Liverpool looked at as well and thought they're not really worth 45 million. And then you've got to pay 45 million for Lavia or this other alternative. So you might, well, you know what, maybe we'll go over to the fellow we actually wanted it. I, I don't know the answer to, you know, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, we know that there are other names that they were looking at. I mean, you know, those are pretty well documented. I'm not quite sure how valuations um, differ to what Lavia. I mean, it is a hell of a lot of money for an, a 19-year-old player, um, a guy who hasn't actually played that much Premier League football, really. It's a hell of a responsibility. But having said that, you probably are buying a player for the next 10 years. And I, I don't really know quite sometimes how they decide somebody's worth, I don't know, 41, 42 million, but not worth 50 million, I don't know. It probably must be far more intelligent people than me who, who come up with the maths for these things. You kind of think, you know, if somebody's worth 42, because he's going to change the nature of your season, isn't he worth 50? But there must be some reason behind it. There must be some logic behind it. And it may maybe it is just as simple as there are other lines in the fire. And if it's getting to a certain level and a certain cost, Perhaps you just think, well, actually, it's better value to go to the other one who we thought might have been a bit too expensive. Maybe go for him instead. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. But um, obviously, these things are evolving as we speak. So by the time you put this out, it may have changed again. Maybe Southampton have accepted. I don't know. But uh, I haven't got any... Um... Insight into the workings of the Southampton board, unfortunately. So I don't know. Unfortunately, not, you know, to no. be fair, Southampton are perfectly probably entitled. I mean, they, they, Liverpool are not the only show in town, are they? With Lavia, we know Chelsea looked at them in January and they haven't signed Casido yet. So perhaps they're just wanting to play this little game of bluff until the final. What, what's the rush for them if, they, if they've accepted he's going? They're probably just going to try and get as much as they can for him. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, they're perfectly in their right to do so. And they've also got that buyback clause with Man City now. Whether Man City next year even entertain that is a different question. But they know, or they've got an inclination anyway, that at some point next year, City could turn up with, I think it's 42 million or around the 40 million mark. And and they'll get that for him as a minimum anyway. So again, they're perfectly in their rights to sort of hold out for what they see as their valuation this time around. Um, in your piece recently, you mentioned um, that they see Lavia as the main transfer focus. And you kind of alluded to it there. Like, he's very young. He's, he's very inexperienced still. What, what do you make of the whole Lavia sort of being the one that we're trying to get? Because to me, it looks like, you know, Fabinho's just left the club. Yes, granted, he had a really disappointing season last year by his very high standards. But he's a 29-year-old. Now, replacing a very experienced international 29-year-old with a 19-year-old teenager feels a little bit chalk and cheese to me. So if we are going to go gung-ho for Lavia and we do end up finding the agreement do you think it's all in on Lavia without an alternative option as well without a different option to come in how do you see it well I think I do to get Lavia I don't see any other midfielders coming in uh, I don't but um, I, I agree I, as you said I, I do think it is certain elements of risk going from kind of one extreme to the other in the midfield from I think everyone was pretty much agreement this time 12 months ago that perhaps the age profile wasn't quite right. Going from that to an age profile, which is the other end of the scale, which it's exciting and it, it certainly long-term-wise, it looks as though it's, it's, it's going to develop quite well. But is it going to be ready to hit the ground running? I don't I don't think... It, I think that'd be a lot to expect. And I, I think that's something that really needs to be in mind going into the season, actually. I wonder where Liverpool are actually going to be. I, I kind of feel like this season could have real similarities to, if you like, Klopp's first full season, where it was, you had to be a little bit patient with it. Yeah, yeah, to sort of see it evolve and develop a little bit, you know, maybe more like the second season, if you've been a bit more optimistic, where things had sort of clicked together, but he still weren't quite ready to compete for the title. And when you, you're talking about what's required to, to win a title these days, which is, you know, ninety plus points, I think it's going to be it's going to be very difficult to uh, to do that this season. But um, you know, we'll just have to see. But yeah, I, I think that one of the things that Klopp said, which I did think was quite interesting, is you know, I suppose there's this fixation on the guy who's going to be the shield for the back four. But for him, the shield for the back four is starts with the attack, then the, then all the ones in the middle, and then. You know, and, and everything works in synchronicity. And um, it's not just the responsibility of a new number six uh, anymore that was responsible for being, you know, for being got a lot of sticks start of last season. Really, he was just too exposed. I mean, there was no help for him at all. And I felt sorry for the defence a lot of last season, really. Uh, they were just left one-on-one so often. I mean, Trent was getting so much stick and there was hardly any protection for him at all. It was just him against the winger. And that's just not Liverpool. That's just not being the way Liverpool have played. So it all begins further up the field. And if everything's functioning up front, it may be. It was just there was like this quote from Klopp. I'm not obviously I'm not in Singapore, but it, he seemed to say like you know it should be the easiest job in the world playing number six for Liverpool, which I thought was quite interesting. And that might allude to why he's quite happy to go for such a young, experienced player because you might think you just want someone there to just mop up a little bit because all the all the hard graft winning the ball back is going to be done by the guys further upfield. 
Yeah, definitely. And obviously, in the new system as well, with Trent alongside him, it actually made Fabinho's role a little bit easier towards the back end of the season because he didn't have quite as much ground to cover, a little bit less responsibility as well. And I think the same could be said if it is Lavia that sort of slots into that role. If we have a better team and things are functioning better around him, you know, it should be lighter work for that number six, whoever it may be. And I, I do like Lavia. I sound like I was quite downbeat on him earlier. I'm not. I think he's a good player. I just have my reservations about certain fixtures, really. Not necessarily him being a six for Liverpool, because I think that's fine. It's just in certain games when you're not going to have as much of the ball against the better teams. I think he may struggle, essentially, because he hasn't faced much sort of high-quality week-in, week-out competition, because obviously it's going to be Europa League added to it as well. It just feels tough to me. The natural thing is, it's 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 you know you're not buying the finished product at nineteen no. unless he's just super. And if he is the finished product at nineteen, well, he's worth fifty million. And he don't even mess around, just pay it. But he, he, he clearly isn't the finished product. And you know, even Fabinho when he came in, it took six months for him to sort of settle. And you know, just the constant. We always say patience. You know, gives him. Nobody gives anybody patience. Nobody gives anybody time. And that's that's the kind of. But that is going to be what's required if it is him. And, you know, same with a couple of the other players that have come in, you know. And then that's why I think it is going to be probably still a little bit of a transitional time. Or be everyone hoping it's going to be, you know, not too long before it's all clicking again. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thanks to Dan and thanks to Chris for that one. Right then, moving on. Earlier this week, Liverpool were linked with a move for Brazilian midfielder Andre. We wanted to get to the bottom of this one, so Dan went again online, found Emmanuel Luiz, the Brazilian reporter, who first spoke about Liverpool's interest in the midfield a couple of weeks ago for our latest episode of Transfer Insight. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Redmen TV and a very special edition of Transfer Insight. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Emmanuel Luiz. Emmanuel, how are you doing? You good? It's a pleasure to talk with you guys. And South American football... With the Premier League, 
it's that brilliant combination, brilliant combination. And we are talking today about Andre Trindade from Fluminense. In my opinion, he is the best center midfield of this generation in Brazilian football. He's a really, really different player. All right. He knows how to defend and how to attack. Mm -hmm. So, Andre to Liverpool, if it happens, it will be a brilliant thing. We don't know how Andre is still in Brazil right now. We don't know this. Well, well, he could move very soon. You said that if it happens. Um, and let's talk about if it happens. How will it happen? Um, Fluminense want to keep him until January. Liverpool might want him now. There's, there's, a, there's a release clause that needs to be paid and you can pay more to get in now. What's the situation? What's going on? It will be really, really clear with you guys. Uh, I posted on my Twitter like two weeks ago about Andre situation, right? Mm -hmm. I was the first in the world because I know guys who work directly with Andre. And the situation was this. Barcelona was the first the first club that showed interest in Andre. But uh, because of situations of La Liga financial fair play, UEFA financial fair play, they couldn't make a move. Mm -hmm. So they went to Vitor Roque from Atlético Paranaense, right? This situation made Fulham look up to Andre. And Fulham talked with Fluminense. But Andre did not want to go to Fulham yet. His, his staff said, we can go to a to a bigger club, mm -hmm. you know? So they wait, they wait, they wait, they wait. Liverpool two weeks ago, they they send a guy, uh, a scout, to Maracanã to watch a, a Fluminense game. And they they talked with him. And I think Jorge Mendes is the is the guy right now that is representing André in, in Europe, mm -hmm. right? And they said, okay, Fulham wants you and Wolves wants you. But we have the situation right here. Like, they didn't want, like, a guy to to show right now, like, oh, okay, South American football. Because Liverpool wants a guy that is ready, right? Because Fabinho, Fabinho moved to to Saudi Arabia. So they want a, a player that will play and will deliver, right? So they said, okay, we are going to look for a player, but we are looking at you. We are looking at you. So we have this Lavia situation, right? This Lavia situation that, mm -hmm. like in Brazil, we love novela. Novela is a kind of, a, a kind of sitcom that's really, really, really long. You know, okay. so yeah. Lavia's situation, it's a novella right now because it's taking too long. Mm -hmm. So Liverpool said, okay, Andre, here's the deal. I have this for you. Do you want to come right now? Andre said, yes. I want to go. It's Liverpool. Goddamn, it's Liverpool. And they said to Fluminense, okay, we are going to make a move. But, but Fluminense is one of the favorites to win the Copa Libertadores. That is the equivalent of Champions League here in South American football. All right? Mm -hmm. Fluminense never won a Libertadores before. So, André is the main character of this team. Right? So, Fluminense said, okay, 40 million euros is the release clause. Mm -hmm. If you guys want André right now, you pay the release clause. Fulham wanted to play 
uh, to pay 32, I think, 32, 34 mm-hmm. million euros. But Fluminense said no. They said, okay, we're going to hold him. We're going to hold it until December. Yeah. But André wants Liverpool. Okay. That's the big situation. Mm-hmm. If if I was you guys, I would see the game tonight yeah. between Fluminense and Argentina Juniors in the round of 16. Mm-hmm. Because this is the first leg. The second leg is on the 30th of this month, I think. Yeah. One day before the, the window closed. Mm-hmm. If Fluminense is out, I'm saying to you right now, if Fluminense is out of Copa Libertadores, André will move to Liverpool. Okay. The situation is really clear. Fulham is willing to wait to get André only in January. Mm-hmm. Fulham is willing to wait. All right? Wolverhampton is looking at. Olympique Lyon, Olympique Lyon they, they did a little talk, but they are not in the race. André wants to go to the Premier League. Right now, André has a, a private teacher that is teaching him English. All right? He will play in the Premier League. I, I'm saying to you right now, this is a, 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 exclusive information. André will play in the Premier League. But he wants Liverpool really bad. He wants Liverpool really bad. I was I was talking with a, uh, with a guy from his staff that said to me, this Liverpool thing, he's shaking right now, you know? He wants Liverpool. He wants Liverpool. Will happen. I think, in my personal opinion, Fluminense will sell André right now can to Liverpool, I think, but for 20 million, 80 million to do a business like Gabriel Jesus did with Manchester City. You remember, mm-hmm. Manchester City bought Gabriel Jesus in July, but he only arrived in December. That was the, the, the Manchester City with Gabriel Jesus. I think that will proceed very similar with André right now. Thanks to Dan and thanks to Emmanuel for that one. Yeah, keep an eye on Andre and all that good stuff. Speaking of him and indeed Romeo Lavia, another player being linked with Liverpool Football Club. I spoke about both of them on this week's Journal Insight Show with Neil Jones. Let's talk about Andre then because he's the, the newest name on the thing. Obviously, the Lavia thing, we're expecting that fair bit to go in, but we'll see how that all pans out down the line. But Andre then, Fluminense... Fluminense, <laughs> if you easy for me to say. Um, reports, I think Mel Reddy tweeted out and a few others as well, that Liverpool have made contact about a move for the Brazilian. ESPN Brazil have reported that Fluminense are in no great rush to sell them. They're still in the Copa Libertadores, and that basically, while they're still in that, doesn't know they don't really want to. They drew their first game, one all. They played the second leg on Tuesday. Um, a lot of noise around this has been that maybe this is something that Liverpool are looking to get done for, for the future. Yeah. There's also been talk that you know now is it Lavia is it Andre is it both there's a this 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 whole situation through a lot of of questions what's your understanding of this, this yeah. whole situation? Well, it, that's true that Liverpool have made contact with them and and obviously that a 22 year old deep line midfielder Brazilian international you know fee from a Brazilian club you'd be talking less than 30 million. There's a lots of sort of to nod that, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I spoke to a couple of people who, who who were familiar with Liverpool, sort of in fact not not even Liverpool, just just scouting in that area in general. And they say he's a very combative player, really good sort of bite about him and you know, got got a, a good good sort of good ceiling really in terms of, you know, as a as a, a defensive midfielder or a, as I say, a, an all action central midfielder. So 
it's interesting. I think the other the other element that comes out of it is is obviously buying straight from Brazil, wouldn't it? You know, Liverpool don't really probably Lucas Leiva, but the last player I could remember Liverpool doing doing that with as a young player anyway. They they tend to like the the pathway of let them test themselves somewhere else from South America. You know, McAllister and Diaz, Darwin Nunez, um, even you know Luis Suarez going back further, um, and then and then they'll they'll make a judgment. But things have changed a little bit in the Premier League with the with the um, the work permit rules, it's a little bit more relaxed, it's a little bit easier to get players like that and I wonder whether you might see a few clubs at the top end of the Premier League starting to take a bit more of these gambles. You know, you look at traditionally, I mean, Arsenal have done it quite well with, with Gabriel Martinelli, City done it with Gabriel Jesus, but really it's sort of Real Madrid, Barcelona tend to do those kind of things, don't you? When a big talent leaves Brazil, it tends to be for, for there or for Portugal or, you know, Atletico Madrid, somewhere like that. The Premier League, I found it a bit more difficult to get those kind of players or have been reluctant to get those kind of players. So I wonder whether you might see a little bit of a change in that. Chelsea have got, you know, they've, they've been raving about a guy they bought from Brazil, Andre Santos. Uh, I think they bought him in January, didn't he? That he's, He looks like he might have a chance of being part of their team this season. So I think I think it's an interesting one. The, the, the sort of, the... The mood music, if you like, is that you know they're reluctant sellers, Fluminense, and I think there's also there's a lot of people maybe sort of a little bit of a side eye that hang on, how's his name just emerge when Liverpool are trying to sort of make this bid for Lavia? Is there a, a little bit of a threat element going on? That, ah, don't you know? Don't regret reject the next bid because we'll go elsewhere. We've seen Liverpool do that before. I remember who was the they were trying to buy Benteke, and I think there was a they sort of threw out Carlos Bacher's name. And Jack Jackson Martinez maybe, and sort of said, oh, you know, we're not just in for Benteke, and lo and behold, all of a sudden, you know, Liverpool are buying Benteke. So I think that that there is, there are legitimate suspicions around that. But Liverpool have definitely been in contact with with Fluminense about them, and just just to see if if nothing else, what what the sort of state of play is with it. And as you say, ESPN Brazil reporting that they don't want to sell them until they're either out or have won the, the Copa Libertadores. So I think just one to keep an eye on and. When did you say the next second leg is Tuesday? Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday night, so yeah. These are one all, and that was the horrendous Blank. game where um, Argentinos juniors. We seen so, the guy broke his leg. Yeah. Oh, with Marcelo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's not a, a great yeah. game that comes in, but in in the in, in the grand scheme of things with this one, again, when I first saw it, I thought, oh my god, this is just the most obvious smoking out of of, of Southampton ever. That was my initial <laughs> thought. But then, it, then it might not. You know, that's a maybe. That's just me being a bit pessimistic. Like Liverpool probably do need two midfielders. I was going to say it could be both. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that, that's the other the other aspect to it because twenty two and nineteen, there's sort of an element of ah that that would, you know, what we we were talking about solutions, and I think I think I can remember having a conversation about Amrabat and saying that oh, well he might be the one that you're sort of getting because you know what you're getting from. He's a, he's obviously a very sort of specific type of midfielder, and you also get Lavier in with that developmental sort of idea to him and he doesn't play every single game. Yeah. The only thing about this one is obviously we don't we know Andre is a Brazilian international and is a good player and you know he's played a lot of games for, for Fluminense. But you don't know how he how he just adapts to the Premier League straight away. You know, obviously you don't know with, with Amrabat, but he's been playing European football, he's been playing sort of that that, you know, in, intensity in that in that environment. So there's a bit more of a risk attached to it. But if you were to say that the two of them were coming in, you'd say, okay, that's not, you know, if you want 70-odd million for, for those two, you know, I think you'd, you'd, you'd come away and think Liverpool have had a good go at sort of overhauling their midfield, wouldn't you? I think if it was one or the other, you'd, you'd still think there was probably one short. 
Yeah, what are your initial, what what are your thoughts on the, on this whole situation with the DM? Do you, do, are we thinking Lavia? Are we thinking Andre? Are we thinking both? I I well, I think Liverpool need two. I think Liverpool need three signings, but I personally still think Liverpool need three signings. Agreed. I think they need two midfielders and a defender. Yeah. Um, What's the mood music around that? The Liverpool centre. Liverpool have not. There's, there's never ever really been a a figure. Yeah. You know, like this, I think, and you can understand why that. There's obviously because the second you put out there, we, we need we four, five, and yeah, then yeah. And, and, but also yeah. you, you you put yourself in that sort of narrative of still two short, still one short, you know that that kind of thing. Liverpool, yeah. I think Liverpool were pretty happy with what they'd done early in the summer. You know, I think they were. I don't think they were finished. I think there was one more definitely to come after Sobosly and McAllister. But I think obviously what's happened in the meantime, I think has has obviously you know put a, a real spoke in the wheel. Um, I think they need three more players. I think they definitely need two more midfielders. I just look at it and think there's too much risk attached to too many players in that midfield option. And however much you want to say, oh well, it's um it's a lot of bodies and you can't play them all and and you know, this kind of thing. It, it it'll soon change that situation. There'll, there'll soon be players that you just you can't count on. There's there's still, you know, we're talking about Stefan Bachetis as an option. After after a handful of games, we don't know yet what his second season looks like. He, he's had that initial burst. Can he can he build on that? We don't know yet. Like you say, Curtis, can he stay fit for the whole season? You've got Thiago who's still there. Who, who, we know he can't stay fit for the whole season. You've got Harvey Elliott who I think looks looks a very very good player. And I, I think I think he's an under sort of appreciated talent. But he's, he, that's what he is. He's a talent. He's not. He's not yet the, the sort of player that you say. Well, he plays every single game. You've still got two new players coming into the side, and McAllister and Sobersly. And look, they both look really good. And I think there's a lot of promise about them. But you've still got to accept that there might be some bumps in the road there. So it's not Liverpool's midfield situation is not sorted by numbers in the sense of you know it, it's not because they've got nine players or whatever they can play in there. Doesn't mean that everything's fixed. They've still got doubts and too many doubts around around players that I still think they just need to to really sort of sandbag it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I I think three is the, the the perfect number. Like I say, one ideally before the start of the yeah. season, which would be and, and obviously look, look. I I know that if Liverpool buy let's say Liverpool buy Lavia and Andre and then try and get a centre back in, there'll be people saying actually right back as well because Joe Gomez or Simicast is not as good. I know that there'll probably never be. The perfect scenario where you think they've done, but I think if they were to buy three more players and end up with have bought five players in the in the window, I think you could at least say about the club that you know what they've they've had a good go at sort of plugging the gaps and trying to lower the age profile of the squad and 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 keep moving forward. I, I don't think you could criticise them. I think if they were to bring in three, you'd be saying that's negligent. If you were to say they were bringing in four, I think you'd still be in that situation coming into the end of the window saying. I think the one short, you know, and and there's been just a few of those little windows, as no way. I thought January was one where you're like, I think they need the one more there. They just needed needed that, you know. You look at that, obviously, the season of the pandemic where they didn't get a centre back and it was the, the one short. You just don't want Liverpool to be in that position where you certainly don't want it to be where it's <laughs> too short. Um, but even that that sort of one, because Liverpool, let's not forget, last season in amongst everything that happened. And how bad they were for parts of last season. They weren't that far away from being in the top four. No. They weren't, you know, they were two 0 up against Real Madrid in the in the last sixteen of the Champions League. You know, at that point, I I was in New York watching it. At that point, I was I was thinking they're gonna 
they're going to win. The, the, this is so bad the way the season's gone. They're going to win the champion. You know, they, they were. There, there was a lot of tightrope moments where you think if he just beat Nottingham Forest after that that beating winner City and West Ham, they're suddenly in that that mix. If he just beat Bournemouth after they, they smashed Manchester United, they're right back in there, and they, they weren't that far away. And you just don't want them to leave themselves in that position where they think, oh, they weren't that far away again this season. You want them to sort of do everything they can to be in that position of actually we've done, we've really sort of, you know, put ourselves out there as having enough. Absolutely. To, to wrap up then, it, it, there's two names there now, obviously, the people have made contact with both bids for one, reported bids or, or contact with the other. You, you would guess, Dan, the, the Lavia one feels like it's more solid, not the right way, but like, Maybe more advanced, advanced more advanced, likely, yeah. more likely. You would say like Liverpool. If you said to me Liverpool are going to sign one of these lads, you would say Lavia feels mm. more. And it does because it, it, by all accounts, there's a big, there's another big goal in. Which was that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. And look, he's been he's been trailed for a long time, hasn't he? As as, as a Liverpool sign, and it's two bids in for the player. You know, that's yeah, of course. I think he's he's a priority target if you want to use the uh, the modern parlance. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I think it's interesting. I, like I'm 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 completely with. I see all the comments. I get them on my my page and anxiety around transfers. I I I think the the interesting thing for me is it's not necessarily the players that Liverpool are being linked with. Maybe there was a little bit when it was sort of you know Amrabat and Phillips and whoever. But I don't see too much anxiety about oh, not Lavia or not Andre. It's almost just okay if that's who you want, just get them. You know, yeah. it's, it's more it's more the sort of you trust Liverpool's eye for a player and you trust Liverpool's sort of. You know what Klopp can do with a player once he's in, but you just want them to get the get it done and, and ideally soon. I mean, I, I think Chelsea's a bit of an outlier because I think the team will be not far away from what we've seen in pre-season in the last couple of games. Probably Canate in for Matip. I think I actually think that might be the team yeah. um, that we saw start yesterday. Bar Canate for Matip, um, but then you've obviously got different needs and different sort of um, demands for for Bournemouth at home. So you've sort of got. Probably a couple of weeks, really, to you know, to try and get everything in in order. Um, but really, ideally, you want to have it done before the, the ball's been kicked in the Premier League. And I, I hope Liverpool do at least have one, if not two or three. Thanks as ever for Neil for coming in for that one for his amazing insights each and every week. That show airs twice a week as well. So yeah, go over to redmenplus.com, check out JNO Insights and all of those other amazing shows in full. You can watch them on video or you can download them into your native podcast apps as podcasts and get yourselves involved that way. If you're on Spotify and you only listen to podcasts on Spotify and you want to sign up through there, if you just search for Redmen Plus Podcasts, on the Spotify app, you can subscribe through those. Now, that won't give you access to the video content or any of the stuff on the website, but it will give you all the shows in audio form. So if you love Spotify and want to do it that way, that option is there for you. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Red Men Weekly. You guys are the best. See you in a bit.